Hello, and welcome back to Nature's Wonders. Today, we are joined with Don Green. He is a microgreens business owner and entrepreneur. He is also an educator in the microgreens community. He does a lot of work helping new hobbyists and new sellers. This will be a very informational podcast about microgreens, how you can start your own microgreens, and even turn that into a business. This podcast is sponsored by Aquachar, Corals Anonymous, and Willow's Reef. Sit back and enjoy. Thank you. How are you doing today, Don? Hey, what's up, Will? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm doing great. You know, it's a new year, fresh new year. Finally made it out of that uh, 2020 year. We're into 2021 and nothing but excitement over here for microgreens and the microgreens industry. That's awesome. So for my audience who doesn't know who you are or what microgreens are, can you give a little explanation about who you are and what microgreens are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Donnie Greens. I, uh, I went to college at SUNY ESF, Environmental Science and Forestry. I got a degree in sustainability and sustainable energy management. So uh, when I graduated college, I was working a job that I wasn't too fond of. I was really just going into businesses and trying to convince them to switch out their old fluorescent lighting for new LED technology to, you know, save some money on their electricity bill. Not too glorious. Um, But I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and work for myself. And then in college, actually, my sophomore year, um, my passion for agriculture was kind of sparked because I learned about an urban farmer named Will Allen And I was really fascinated by the way he was doing farming and using a like a closed loop approach and a systems approach to farming, all organic, everything kind of works together. Uh, So it was really just a matter of, okay, I want to work for myself. I want to do something in agriculture. Like what's the crop that I'm going to grow? So after scanning the internet for years, finally some videos came out on YouTube um, about hey, you can start a business growing microgreens and and download my free resources and buy my course. So I was like, boom, that's it. Like, I know that this is for me. I know this is how I'm going to get started. And uh, that was about four years ago when I discovered the microgreens world. And I dove right in, started in my parents' basement, started selling them to my local community with the purpose of uh, improving the health and sustainability of my surrounding area here on Long Island in New York. And yeah, that kind of just like started my journey. Mm-hmm. So your business is all about the agriculture of microgreens. And so what is a microgreen? Um, I know probably everyone's heard of it, but I don't think people actually know what it is. <laughs> yeah, great question. Well, um, it simply is a very young plant, a very young vegetable, a very young green hence the name microgreen. So what technically defines a microgreen is it's the stage of life um, in a plant where, so what happens is you sprout a seed, right? And that seed germinates and it splits in half. And when it splits in half, those two halves become their first two leaves. And those first two leaves on a plant, it's called their cotyledon leaves. And these leaves typically look different than the natural leaves that the plant gets um, into its maturity, like the like what a leaf would would look like for that plant. Like if you think of a maple leaf, um, the cotyledon leaves look different. 
Um, and that's why the next set of leaves are called true leaves because they look like the true leaves of the plant. And what defines a microgreen is when those true leaves are first emerging from those cotyledon leaves. So depending on the variety of microgreen that you're growing, um, this could be a plant that's anywhere from six or seven days old to 24 days old for some of the longer, longer crops. Are these the same seeds that you were growing to create the vegetable? Like say you have a pea microgreen, is that the same as an actual pea if you let that keep growing? That's a great question. Um, so yes and no. The seeds that we're using for microgreens, they are seeds of plants where if they were to grow out into maturity, they would in fact become that plant. So like for instance, when I used to do a lot of uh, dumping of my trays that I had already harvested out in the back um, behind my farm, over time, a lot of the seeds that didn't end up sprouting, they would kind of just germinate in the ground there. And before you know it, in the springtime, you have all these pea pods coming up and all these pea plants. You have all this wheat <laughs> coming up and radishes and broccoli. It's so funny. Um, so yes, they are the same seeds, but the seeds specifically that we're using for growing sprouts and microgreens, um, they're, they're a little bit more regulated than a normal vegetable seed. Um, and there's really three things that happens. The first thing is that they have high germination rates because of the way that you grow sprouts and microgreens. They're grown um, in a very they're they're very densely seeded um, the way they're grown. So if one seed doesn't sprout, it's going to start rotting and rot out the rest of the seeds very quickly. So it's important that they have high germination rates. Uh, the second thing is that they're triple tested for pathogens. So in mammals. Um, in their digestive systems, they carry pathogens like E. coli and salmonella, and the seeds are grown outside in nature, right? So if an animal were to go in that area and defecate on some of the plants and get it on the seeds, when you grow those seeds, you could essentially get sick because that um, pathogen can replicate very quickly in that type of close close quarters environment, the way that they're grown, and then somebody could get sick. And that's kind of what, what has happened. Um, a lot of people are worried about sprouts and getting sick from sprouts. And it's really not an issue because these seeds are triple tested for these pathogens before they even get to you. And then the last thing is, it's not an always thing, but they're typically non-GMO and organic um, simply because a lot of times these, these plants are grown for health purposes. Okay. So I just want to touch on a few of those things there. You said it had a high germination rate. So why don't farmers use these seeds if they have such a high germination rate? Is it just because of the cost of them? Or are there any other reasons that it, the actual fruit doesn't taste good? Or Oh, so like why wouldn't a normal farmer then use a microgreen seed? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, one thing I've noticed from the crops that ended up coming up later on by accident is they're like really wonky and weird looking. So like the broccoli plants, they didn't essentially get a beautiful head of broccoli. They were kind of like stringy, like little thin heads that, that aren't too viable as a adult vegetable. Um, the pea pods actually taste pretty good. So I'm sure a farmer could use those. Uh, I guess it really depends on on the crop but the like seeds are also bred for certain characteristics 
So a farmer who's looking to get massive amounts of pea pods or like a huge, really nice head of broccoli or like a beautiful radish that's a perfect size and shape, um, that's typically what the seeds are being bred for for the farmers, whereas microgreens seeds, they're really being, um, they're selecting for traits more like high germination, um, fast growth in the beginning, even germination and even growth, um, things like that. So they do vary a little bit with that sense. Okay. And then the last thing you said is that most of the seeds are non-GMO and they're organic seeds. And I think the word organic is thrown out, just thrown out a lot and I guess I don't even know the true definition of the word organic. <laughs> well, I guess organic really just technically means it's grown without pesticides or fertilizers or herbicides. No chemical contamination or chemical inputs into that plant. So, And that includes the seeds as well. So a lot of the energy in microgreens and sprouts specifically the energy is coming from the seeds themselves. I actually use a soil or a growing medium, a potting mix that doesn't have really any nutrition in it. And the plants grow just fine because they're getting most of their nutrition from the seed. So that's why it's even more important to use organic seeds for sprouts and microgreens because that's where their energy is really coming from. If you took a maybe like non-GMO seed, but that wasn't specifically an organic seed and planted that in the ground and then grew it to like a full full growth vegetable, I would say that's less, uh, I don't know, dangerous, if you will, or negative than the other way. So, Okay. What are some of the health benefits of a microgreen? So the health benefits of microgreens are really cool. This is kind of how I got started in this industry and introduced. Um, So my family, like growing up at home, we had a very like normal diet, like lots of meat, you know, the, the plates are really centered around meat, uh, you know, microwaved vegetables, things like that. Like not, not totally sad American diet where like it's fast food every night, but just like, you know, somewhere in between that and really healthy. And I was never exposed to like really healthy methods of eating before I met my friend Jesse. And I remember one day, uh, this was around four or five years ago over the summer, I went over to his house and I had dinner with him and his father. And his father is a longtime vegan. And they're making this huge salad. We're making a raw sauce in the blender instead of a dressing that's made with all like whole foods. It's all plant-based. And then like on the windowsill, there's sprouts growing in a mason jar. And I'm like, yo, what are those? Like what are those things growing in that jar on your windowsill? And they explained it to me. Um, that they're sprouts and you can grow your own food in five days, no soil, no sunlight, super healthy. So in that, in like that whole experience, something kind of clicked like, Hey, I think I'm missing out on something. You know, my family doesn't eat like this. Uh, there's something to this stuff. Um, so that kind of introduced me into this world. And then I kind of went down the path cause I saw the value of these plants and I brought it into a business and kind of progressed it that way, catering to the health niche rather than selling to chefs. But so the health benefits are really cool. From that moment on, I've learned so much information about them. And there's a lot of research you can find online and looking at studies. Dr. Rhonda Patrick has done a lot of research on a certain compound called sulforaphane, which is found in broccoli sprouts and broccoli microgreens and actually all cruciferous vegetables. Um, But it's concentrated in these foods because 
sprouts and microgreens, they're so young in the life cycle of the plant. Um, they have all that energy that was stored in that seed, right? A seed is a perfect food for a plant in its earliest stages of growth. Just like us as mammals, the perfect food for us when we're born is our mother's milk. It's the same thing uh, for the vegetables and their seeds. So when the seed is germinated, all that stored potential energy is unlocked and all these enzymatic processes happen and all this, in, this insane amount of nutrition is unlocked within this seed and as it starts growing into a germinated seed and then into a sprout and then into a microgreen. Um, so because they're so young and they have this energy from the seed, all the nutrients, the vitamins, the enzymes in these plants, it's all concentrated. Um, and broccoli happens to have the highest concentration up to 40 times the nutrition of the broccoli vegetable that we know. Um, so it's really just all about the concentrated nutrition in these plants. Wow. That, that's crazy. So I know that a lot of people who are anti-vegetable and anti uh, like vegetarian diet and whatever they're always like well i can't ever get any protein or anything like that from all these vegetables like lettuce and <laughs> i guess from hearing you say 40 times broccoli i mean you could just have a, a whole dinner of microgreens and you'd get filled up i'd say the probably the same amount don't you think Oh, nutritional value. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're, if you're eating for health and eating for nutritional benefits, I mean, yeah, you can eat so much less quantity of food and still get the nutrients that you're looking for. And I think that's one of the secrets to health is really just flooding your body with nutrients. So that way your body can kind of fulfill its bodily processes. Um, you know, we, we incur damage over time on the inside and the outside of our bodies. And uh, our body does work and it takes energy to restore some of the damage. And over time, we get bogged down because there's so much damage and your body's just in this never ending cycle trying to keep up with fixing the damage. And then the food that we're eating, not only is it damaging us, but it's also not giving us the nutrition that we need to, to fix this damage. Um, and I think that's what our body uses is it, it's using the nutrients as a resource, simply put to then fix our bodies and heal um, some, of the some of the damaged parts. So it's super cool. What is your process on growing microgreens? I know at the beginning you talked about um, densely packed seeds, and that's the reason why you have the high germination rate. But what is your process um, to grow these microgreens for your business? So the process is pretty simple. Um, once you get it down and really dial in your process, they're super easy to grow. There's a little bit of a learning curve and that's actually why I created my YouTube channel is, uh, really to help other people learn how to grow these plants and also execute a business venture if they, you know, are so inclined. Um, so I think one of my first videos, probably one of the worst ones, but still valuable nonetheless is about growing microgreens and taking you through that process. So it starts with these trays. They're typically grown in 10 by 20 trays, 10 inch by 20 inch trays. And it's really two trays that make up a tray set. So you have a tray with holes that sits inside a tray without holes. You fill it with soil or a potting mix, or you can use other things like um, hemp or jute mats and grow on there. I prefer soil or a potting mix. And um, 
you fill it up with that, you flatten it out if needed, and then you simply broadcast your seeds on top of the soil. So if you're doing bigger seeds like sunflower or pea or wheatgrass, you're going to want to soak those beforehand to get a really thorough germination of the seed before you uh, sow them into the trays. But if you're doing something like a brassica, like broccoli or radish and, and stuff like that, you can actually seed directly into the tray without soaking them first. So then once the seeds are in the tray on top of your growing medium, you're just going to water them on top, um, give them a nice top water. And then I like to stack my trays while they're germinating. And um, it sounds a little crazy, but what this does is this stack and this, this added pressure it gives the seeds something to push up against so they can really push their roots down into this growing medium because they're not actually in the ground. They're on top of the soil, right? On top of this thin layer of soil. So by applying weight, it helps them to push their push their roots down into the soil and, and get rooted so they can start growing. Um, it also keeps them in the dark, right? Um, they're germinating seeds, so they like to be in the dark. It also, since it's such close contact and there's not really... Uh, much airflow allowed to get in there. The soil stays dry, which is also good. It promotes a, a germinating environment. And then um, I guess the last thing is that pressure on top of the plants as they're first starting to grow, it almost gives them like adversity, right? It, it gives them a struggle. They have to push up against that tray. And because of that, they have to get really strong in their earliest stages of life um, before you take them out of germination and put them under lights. And then when you put them under lights, you're going to water them right when they go out. You're going to top water them. And um, then every day after that, you're going to bottom water them. And, that, and the way you do that is simply by separating the trays and putting water between the trays, um, which it'll then wick up into the roots from the bottom. That way the plants don't get wet, uh, which helps with damping off and mold and rot and all sorts of other, other stuff. Um, so then they're going to be under lights for another few days to a week to even two or three weeks, depending on the crop and the variety. And then they're ready for harvest. You harvest them above the soil and you can either eat them or package them up if you have a business. Interesting. So when you're in your germination stages, um, you said that it's kept in the dark, um, for the photosynthesis and the energy of the plant. How is the plant going to still grow without the light? Well, remember in nature, um, when we think about how a plant grows in nature, they start off under the ground in the earth. Um, they wait until the springtime. It gets a little warmer. There's more water and moisture. The seed germinates and then it starts growing. So seeds, seeds in nature start in the darkness, um, you know, naturally. So what we're doing here with the microgreens is Although we're growing in a very unnatural process, right? Like indoor farming in an urban environment, vertical growing with massive seed densities, harvesting them at a very young age, um, they still like to have darkness in their earliest stages of growth. And it's only really those first three days for most varieties that they're in the dark. And then at that point, they're pushing up on the trays above, you take them out under lights, and now they can start to photosynthesize and, and turn green and all that good stuff. Okay, cool. And then for the trays that you're using, does the depth of the tray matter? Like how deep the tray is? I've seen some people say three inches, some people say two inches. And I haven't really found a, a real one answer for this. 
Do you have an answer that you like personally? Oh yeah, I have a I have a great answer for this. So when I first started, I was using the deep trays. Um, so those are like the two or three inch trays that you hear people talking about. And I love the shallow trays for a lot of reasons. They're they're sturdier in general because because the height of the tray is less um, by like technical like physics terms, you're going to get less leverage as you're holding the trays to like snap them because the trays do break. Um, so with the with the shallower trays, as you're holding them on those edges, they're um, more resistant to breakage and stronger in general. Then um, some of my favorite aspects about these shorter trays, though, is one, you can put less soil in them. Um, and then the plants, when they're ready for harvest, you're going to the plants are already going to be like the base of the plants will be at the level of the tray. So it makes for easy harvesting rather than the base of the plants being like deep in the tray um, and having that gap where you kind of have to get in there with a knife and harvest them. Um, so it makes it easier for harvesting. My favorite aspect is that um, most of the like mold problems and fungus problems that you'll get on the microgreens, it's going to happen at that layer of soil, at that top layer of soil where the plants are first emerging out of the soil at the base of the plants. So airflow is a very important factor when growing microgreens and by having um, like no gap between the top of the tray to the soil. It allows for better airflow across the base of the plants where you're normally going to have those fungal, those potential fungal problems. Um, so I love the shallow trays for all those reasons I just mentioned. And there's a great company called Bootstrap Farmer, and they sell these really sturdy trays Deep trays too, if you want. If you really love deep trays for whatever reason and want them, they also sell those in their in their sturdy fashion. Um, but they have really sturdy trays, really strong trays that won't break, which is important. You want trays that won't break. And also, um, the easiest way to find links to all of the supplies and equipment that I use in my business and for growing microgreens is if you go over to my YouTube channel, just search on YouTube for Donnie Greens, um, if you click on any of my videos and go into the description of the video, you'll see links to all the seeds, supplies, and equipment that I use um, that you can then just click the links and buy it from the same place I'm buying it from. For a beginner who wants to grow their own microgreens, not for a business per se, but just for their own enjoyment and, well, eating them, what are the steps that you would take um, to grow these microgreens, maybe not in like a big tray, and yeah, what would you do? Um, I mean, you could really use any container that you want to grow these things in. Really, the most important thing is watering. So making sure not to overwater where you'll start getting some of these fungal problems or underwater where you will start getting dehydration and the plants will actually fall over. So, um, I mean, really you can grow in anything you can grow in like a Chinese food container after you, you know, if you have some of those lying around, you can grow in a planter and just spread the seeds densely in there. You can find other like smaller trays online. If you just want to grow less, um, I recommend eating, a, a lot of these foods. So if you're planning on growing microgreens in the first place for personal consumption, don't be afraid to grow a lot of them and eat a lot of them. And, 
these 10 by 20 trays are really awesome. They work really well. And, um, you know, there's no reason why somebody growing at home can't use these 10 by 20 trays, but you know, if they really were just low on space, I've seen people use like the tin, like muffin cans. You can really grow in anything as long as you get a nice, um, high quality organic potting mix, put it in there, spread your seeds out, germinate them and let them grow. And, um, you know, if you're growing for personal use, if you have a nice sunny window, you could even do them right in the window rather than getting a grow light. But again, I, I recommend the the real equipment and getting getting yourself a nice grow light like the ones that I use. And, um, you know, it's an investment, but it's really not that much money. Somebody at home could get started for a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, not even with the seeds and all the supplies that you need to grow. And you can grow really nice microgreens right at home. You talk about planting very densely is there a reason why you plant this densely and then also the sustainability aspect if you plant so densely how are you like keeping up with the seed use yeah it's a good question um i hear people asking about the sustainability um quite often some people will be like well microgreens farmers they use so many seeds per tray and they're not letting the seeds grow out to full maturity and harvesting the seeds so um, it's going to create seeds shortages. And in my head, I'm like, no, there's no way that would happen because nature is so infinitely abundant. One seed uh, will grow into a plant that results in thousands of seeds, even tens of thousands of seeds in some cases. And it's not our job as microgreens farmers to grow the seeds. That's what seed farmers are for. So by like, it's a simple economy um, you know, supply and demand. So if the microgreens farmers are creating more demand and, and we want to buy more seeds, then we're actually farmers helping farmers because the farmers around the world that are growing these seeds for us, they're going to be able to get more business. Um, and everybody wins. Um, nature is so abundant that, you know, it's a renewable resource. It's not like we're pulling metals and, um, resources out of the earth that take, tens of thousands of years to, to populate and go through their like production cycle, you know, a plant grows in one season and then you have seeds. So, you know, this is very much a renewable resource that, that we're growing. Um, and then the seed density thing, like you want to be able to get the most use out of your space. So really the goal is to seed as densely as possible without running into any problems and without sacrificing quality as well. Um, because the more yield you get per tray, the more profit that you'll have per tray from a you know commercial standpoint. And then if you're growing at home, I mean, it's a similar thing. Um, you're just going to be able to use less space and, and grow more food in less space. Uh, and also, the plants grow better together because of the way that they grow. Um, having a lot of plants next to each other, they kind of help to hold each other up, if that makes sense. It's kind of this weird phenomenon. Interesting, interesting. So where can somebody find you? You talked about on Instagram, um, or on YouTube, but where can someone find your website and your Instagram? Yeah, so the best place to look at like my stuff and my content is definitely YouTube. Um, that's my biggest platform and my most useful platform. So that's, the, that's a great place to start. Um, my Instagram is also a great place to go to. Um, I post some educational stuff on there, stuff that's helped a lot of people, um, through some of my posts on Instagram. 
And I also, you know, I try to stay active with my stories and all that. I'll go live every once in a while. I also have some cool videos on my Instagram TV where I actually show me working and the process of me working. So you can see exactly, you know, how I'm harvesting or how I'm making trays and that type of thing, how I'm packing orders. Um, so that's the Instagram. My website is donnygreens.com. So on there, there's like a few seeds that I sell. And then I also have consultations that you can purchase and get one-on-one -on -one time with me. And um, I can help you grow your business. Um, what else do I have? Yeah, I mean, those are really the, the main places to find me. And then on Facebook, if you wanted to just like get help growing microgreens or if you're really just looking for a really solid, really friendly microgreens community, I have something called the Microgreens Support Group on Facebook. So you can join in on there. There's thousands of growers from all around the world that can help you source different supplies if you're in different countries and different areas, help you with different growing tactics. You know, everybody has their own way of doing things. So it's been a really nice community in that group. And I also go live in that group every Monday at 8 p.m. EST. Um, just to get on and jam with you guys and learn more about each other and, and provide value to the community and help everybody. So it's been, it's been a really awesome ride these past four years. Um, it's super exciting, exciting to be able to go from just a simple grower and have my microgreens business to now be a microgreens educator and help everybody else to rise up and, and do better in their business and, and help more people to get these foods into their diets. It's just been a major blessing for me. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was a real pleasure, and I learned a lot, and hopefully everybody else learned a lot. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope this was super useful. I hope you guys got something out of this. And, yeah, hopefully we'll do this again in the near future. Much love, my man. All right. See ya. Happy New Year. Later. You as well. Thank you so much for sticking to the end of that episode. And a special thanks to you, Don, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. The next podcast that will be airing is going to be about neon and fluorescent ocean and nature art. It's going to be a great time with Bombshell Creation, so stay tuned for that one. Thank you.